Church, are you ready to get in the word? Yeah. Are you? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for what you're doing at, with us as a family. And God, we ask Holy Spirit that as we just read your word today, that it would fill this room. We thank you. Your word is alive. It's living. It's active. And it will land in our hearts and do something in us that will change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. If you can turn to the book of Genesis. We're going to go fast today. We've got a lot of scriptures. I, I feel today I really want to just get feed the word, that we get fed the word. It's great having testimonies. It's great having encounters with God. But we also need the word. Everybody say the word. The word. And uh, it's right here, the very opening of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering. Another translation says fluttering. Will you say that with me? Fluttering. Over the surface of the deep. So, in the beginning was God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God was fluttering. We were some people this week in a, in a garden and there was two butterflies and they began to flutter. You know, we knew what was about to happen, but there was a fluttering going on. I don't want to get graphic, so you can just follow me. But the, the fluttering that happens, the, they're waiting for seed. Do you know that when God speaks, it is seed? I'm not going to go any more graphic than this, okay? But, when, but the Spirit of God was fluttering, waiting for seed, and then God spoke. God brought the word. The seed came, and then things began to get created. When we, when we, today, when the Spirit of God moves, there's a fluttering happening, waiting for God to speak. Waiting for the voice of God. Okay? Everybody going to be okay? All right. The title of my message today is The Flutter. <laughs> the title of my message today is, actually I've got three or four because I couldn't decide, but it's Don't Change the Subject Part Two. <laughs> and it's, this is the kind of people we ought to be. And it's where the dove rests, where the dove remains. Genesis chapter 1, we just read it. And God is beginning to speak into the chaos. I personally don't believe that when God, in Genesis chapter 1, where it says, Now the earth was formless and void and lifeless. God didn't create it that way, I don't personally believe. And the reason for that, I, I believe, is when God cast Satan, Lucifer, out of heaven, down into the earth, that was the byproduct of Satan being here that made it a place of chaos, of darkness, lifeless, and void. And then because when God commissions Adam, he said, I want you to replenish. Everyone say re. Replenish re the earth. Do it again. In other words, it wasn't originally that way. God created something beautiful. The enemy messed it up. And God said to man, I want you to replenish. I want you to restore that which the enemy has tried to cause chaos and darkness and void and lifelessness. Great, great name for a church. Life church. That we bring life everywhere we go. That we wait for to see what the Holy Spirit is doing. And then we speak into the chaos and bring life. And something begins to get created and happen and restored and replenished. That's why we're here. All creation waits with eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. So that we can start to replenish and restore. The Son of Man, Acts says, must remain in heaven until the restoration of all things has taken place. God is about restoring. We're not just waiting for, as the world gets darker and darker, for that moment where we can just be all whisked away. No, he's coming back for a victorious church, yeah. a bride that has made herself ready, That's right. Amen. Ooh, a house that is built, a body that is fitly joined together, functioning under the direction of the head, a vine that is fruitful, an army with banners. Ooh, this is why it's good to be alive. That's right. 
I, I was in Africa last year, and, and, I, and I remember waking up on the Sunday morning and opening the doors to, to the, the place where I was, and through the bars, I, 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 pushed, I was able to push open the, the, the windows, and I could hear worship. I said, I said to, to the pastor, I said, I hear worship. He said, oh, there's people worship all, all over the city, different churches. You know, this morning I was sitting, watching the sun come up, and I could hear worship after a couple of hours. I thought, there you go, devil. Church shuts down because of COVID, and now churches are meeting outside. <laughs> I'm like, is that worship music? I think, and I, you know what? I couldn't hear the words. And I thought, maybe it's someone on the tennis courts over by our house playing a, a stereo. But I thought, it can't be, because I feel the anointing. Yeah. I feel the anointing. I didn't have time, but I wanted to start walking. And I was like, but when I did start walking, I thought, I'm not getting any closer. This is a long way away. And I thought, it turns out, this is like several miles away. But, and then, then I could really hear the songs as the, as the saints got going. I thought, this is awesome. The whole, the city is getting a change. It's happening, church. Yes. You know, it, it matters how we see the end. It's getting better. Yes, the darkness is getting darker, but the light is getting lighter. That's the prophetic word we heard already today. As the spirit is fluttering, waiting for a word, boom! Light always overcomes darkness. So good. Okay. God speaks. God speaks. Now, the, the Bible says that every inclination of man's heart at that time was evil, bent towards evil all of the time, except for a man named Noah and his family of eight. And we know the story. God says, I want you to build an ark. He didn't know what an ark was. He didn't know what, what, what rain was. But Noah builds the ark. And it's still there today on Mount Ararat. That ark, you can go on Google Earth and you can actually see the dimensions that match the, the scriptures in the Bible. And you can see where Noah's ark was. And God flooded the earth. He says, I'm going to start it again. And I'm going to, I will never, I'm going to put a rainbow in the sky. And every time you see a rainbow, you will know it's, the, it's a reminder of the covenant I've made to you that I will never, ever destroy the earth again. And it rained for 40 days and it rained for 40 nights. And then after 140 more days, Noah opens the door and he had two birds. He had a raven and he had a dove. And he sent the raven out and the raven never came back. Why? Because ravens like unclean things. Ravens are happy to rest and land and eat and live off flesh, rotting flesh. They'll follow the coyotes and jackals, and they'll, when they find the carcasses, they're quite happy to live off unclean things. But Noah also sent out a dove. But when the dove went out, it looked for somewhere to land, but it was not happy to land on something that it was unclean. So it came back. Noah reached out his hand from the ark, and the dove landed on his hand, and he pulled it back in. He waited a week, and then he sent it out again. And the second time, the dove came back with an olive branch. I could go there for 15, 20 minutes on the olive branch and the significance of that, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to. And then he sent him out again after another week, and the dove never came back. And that was a sign that the waters had gone down and there was life happening again because doves don't like unclean things. And the dove church is, is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The dove is a clean animal. The dove can see 360 degrees in its vision. It's a very alert bird. It's one of the only birds that can fly straight into a storm. And when it goes into the storm, an oil, hello, comes out onto, on its feathers so that it can be waterproof. It's a beautiful bird. It's a bird without a gallbladder. It's a bird without guile. And it's, there's something we can learn about the very nature of God through the dove. Because the Holy Spirit descended, we're going to get there in a minute, like a dove. Fluttering. Come on, Dan. In the beginning, there was a fluttering, waiting for the word. And God spoke. And here's this dove going out from the ark until it couldn't come back because it's landed. It's landed on something clean. But I want to suggest to you it didn't end there, church. 
Hang on, I'm just going to say something more about the dove. Yeah. You, you, you know, and a dove, there's, there's nine flight feathers on each wing. Do you know there's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and there's nine fruits of the Holy Spirit? Do you think maybe there's something about a dove that we can learn about God? Do you think there's something about a dove that we can learn about the Holy Spirit? He didn't use the, he didn't say the Holy Spirit came like a hawk. We have hawks all around our house. They scream. You heard a hawk, hawk screaming? It's like airy. And they do it to scare other animals so that the animals will start to run and then the hawks can grab them. And he didn't come like a hawk. hawk hawks are distant. They are, they are destructive. They devour. They're very dominant. God is not saying he wants us to be distant, destructive, and dominant. He's saying, I want you to come with the gentleness and the cleanness of a dove. I don't want you to land and play around with dead things. I don't want you to land on things that are unclean. I want you to land on things that are clean. He didn't come to us like a peacock, because peacocks strut. And the Holy Spirit came like a peacock. No, he came like a dove, because peacocks strut their stuff. They're stubborn, which means pig-headed, and they are superior, which means they're big-headed. Peacocks strut around. He didn't come like a cuckoo. Everybody say cuckoo. He came like a dove, not like a cuckoo. Cuckoos lay eggs in nests they didn't build. Cuckoos are self-absorbed. They try to kick other people out. That is not the nature of the Holy Spirit. And it's not the nature of the gentleness of a dove. He didn't come to us like a crow. We had owls, as Fee's probably you probably heard from Fee, all through the spring we had a family of owls, mum, dad, and two babies, literally in our back, backyard for the whole of the spring. And every morning you could see the interaction of mum and dad with these big, big, beautiful horn owls, looking at us every single day and watching them learn to fly. But every now and again we'd see these crows, they would come, and they would just dominate and squawk and scratch, trying to upset and disrupt and, and aggravate this family. Now the owls just did this very peacefully and very calmly, but the crows were aggressive. They are unclean animals. They love filth. They love mess. They feed on things that are unclean. You met someone, they just like to feed on the latest scandal, latest gossip. Blah, blah, blah. It's horrible. But he didn't come like a crow. He came as a dove. He came like a dove. He came clean to land on clean things. And I encourage you, don't be like a crow. Don't be like a peacock. Don't be like a cuckoo. Don't be like a hawk. Be gentle like a dove. He didn't come like a parrot. Parrots have nothing original to say. Listen, where, Proverbs says this, where there's no tail bearer, cease. Strife ceases. He who repeats a matter separates close friends. Shut up. Is that okay? Okay. Parrots have nothing original to say. They just repeat things. He who repeats a matter separates close friends. Where there is no tail bearer, fire goes out. Where there's no one to put another lock on the fire, the fire will go down. Where there's, watch this, where there's envy and strife, the Bible says, there is every kind of evil. Wow. Don't stay away from envy. Stay away from strife. Say, excuse me, I'm sorry. I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want it. I don't want it in my body. I don't want it in my bones. I don't want it in my life. It's unclean. I can't land there. I don't want to eat that. I don't want to know why. I want the I want the dove to rest on me. I want the anointing to rest on me. I can't have this conversation. I don't want to engage in this stuff. I hate it. It's horrible. Okay. Magpie. He didn't come to us like a magpie. Do we have magpies in this country? Yeah, they, 
like shiny things. They bring nothing, but want to take everything. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. There's something about the nature of God that was always giving. I just want to bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless those who despitefully use you. Just bless you. Bless them. Amen. He didn't come to us like an ostrich. Ostrich is a very stubborn bird. They stick their head in the sand. La, 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 la. They, just, they live in a place of denial. They don't really want to face reality. They won't change their perspective. That's an ostrich. But he didn't come to us like an ostrich. He came to us like a dove. So, Noah, who's highly favored with the Lord, has got his family of eight people, and he knows the dove is not coming back. And so he leaves the ark with his family, and then the dove starts to fly. And it flew to Abraham, but he didn't rest there. It was touch and go. And then he flew to Isaac, and then he flew to Jacob, but it was touch and go. Why? Because there was mixture. There wasn't something that was something that was clean. And then he flies through the Old Testament to Gideon and to David. Oh, the sweet psalmist of Israel. The dove is fluttering. The dove is hovering. The dove is on the move. The dove is looking for somewhere he can land. The dove is looking for somewhere he can rest. The dove is looking for somewhere he can remain. And it goes down through David and then to Isaiah and Zechariah and to Malachi. And there one day there comes a man coming out of the wilderness. Declaring the word of the Lord. Who's a voice calling in the desert whose name was John the Baptist. After 400 years of dark ages. And it declares this. The one in whom the dove rests is the son of God. The one in whom the dove rests. This dove, this Holy Spirit that was there, the third person of the Godhead, right in the very beginning when God spoke, is going throughout the ages, looking for somewhere to land, looking for someone who is clean, looking for someone who is undefiled. And he's flying through the Old Testament when there's mixture, and he's touch and go, touch and go, until... Jesus, the spotless lamb comes, sent from the Father, without sin. And as he comes up out of the water to fulfill the prophetic word that John would baptize him, he comes out of the water and the heavens open up. And the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, like a dove, and rests on him and says, this is my son. Whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit, the dove, came to rest. Whew. Isaiah's word is fulfilled. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. He did. He did. The prophetic word is fulfilled. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I'm sure you've been in different prayer meetings where things are, where things get really heated up and you're praying for this and breaking this demonic stronghold and praying for the spirit over this. I was in a city once and they said, Dan, do you know the strongest spirit over our city? I said, I do. He said, really? You, oh, you know about it. Have you done all the research? I said, no. He said, so you know the spirit. I said, I do. I do. I know the spirit, the strongest spirit that is over this city. Ready? Watch this, Joe. Don't miss this. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. I think we 
talk so much about the darkness yeah. rather than turning on the light. Yeah. Just turn on the light. Light always overcomes darkness. Isaiah 60 says, Arise and shine for your light has come, past tense. Though darkness is over the people and deep darkness over the earth, there's levels of darkness, but the Lord rises upon you. So arise and shine. Arise and shine. Past tense. Yes, the darkness is getting darker. But the brightness is getting brighter. Good news always travels faster than bad news. That's why I encourage you, fill your houses with good news. Talk about what God's doing. Talk about his faithfulness. Talk about his provision. Talk about it. So talk about it with your children. Write it. Talk about it when you walk along the streets. Write them over the door, doors of your right. house. Talk about them. Right. Talk about his goodness. Isn't he faithful? Be careful that you don't talk negative, negative, negative. This person is well, thinking that no one knows and your children are listening and you're planting seed after seed of, of hostility and negativity. Stop it. Speak life. Speak life. Bring life. Bring faith. I'm going to give you a really crash, crash course in basic, um, the basic theology of the Holy Spirit, or the basic doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? And we've got a little bit of time, okay? I'm going to go fast, and you can listen to, to the tape, not tape, podcast, whatever. Number one, the Holy Spirit is God. Acts chapter five. Number two, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. Oh, it came. It was powerful. No, he is a person. You can't grieve an it. You can't grieve an emotion. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is God himself. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians 5 says, don't grieve, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Somebody asked a question um, one time. Um, I was in the room and they said, what's worse, to grieve the Holy Spirit or quench the Holy Spirit? And everyone's like, oh, that's a great question. He said, answer, don't do either. Yeah. <laughs> to, qu to quench means to stop the flow of. To grieve means to separate so that he will pull back. The Holy Spirit will pull back. So, he's a person. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 30, you can look it up. He is our helper. He's the paraclete. Romans 8, verse 26. He's the one to come alongside in our weakness, in our prayer, he guides us. John 16, 13. He, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide us into truth. I've said this before. I've said it for years. I believe the Holy Spirit, the anointing, is when the Holy Spirit says, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And he always agrees to truth, yeah. not mixture. Yeah. That's why there's worship songs that we sing. It's like, it was all right. It was kind of good. And then something happens and something shifts, and it's like, that was really anointed. It's because the Holy Spirit is saying, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. Because it's true, it's true, it's true. You know that song, The Blessing, Carrie Joe? Straight out of scripture. Lord, bless me. Let your face shine upon me. And it right went viral right across the world. It's in different languages all over the world. As someone said, it's like a, it was like heaven's prescription for the coronavirus. Yes. Lord, bless me and keep me. Let your face shine upon me. But it's the, the reason it's so anointed is because he agrees. Because he wrote it. He wrote it. All scripture is God-breathed. So we're singing scripture. I'm like, that's such an anointed song. <laughs> yeah, it's, it really is. So he'll help us. He will guide us. He is the spirit of peace. Peace will be our umpire. He is our teacher. Isn't that amazing? He is our teacher. He's our teacher in business. He's our teacher in marriage. He's our teacher in raising our kids. He's our teacher in, in, in uh, how, we, how, we, how we get things together and how we plan things. He's our teacher in college. He's our teacher in real estate. He's our teacher when we buy a car. He's our teacher when we get a job. His divine power has given us everything we need. His divine power has given us everything. everything. His divine power has given us everything for life and godliness. 
The Holy Spirit is our helper. He is the paraclete. He's the one to come alongside. Woo! That makes me happy. I'm going to preach myself happy because I'm really happy. All right. Okay. Next. Uh, number four. Number three. Four. Whatever. Um, he has his own mind and will. Romans 8 verse 27. First Corinthians 12 verse 11. I know I'm going fast. I know you can't possibly write these down. But you can go back and look at them. Number five. He is the spirit of truth. Number six. He is the author of our freedom and liberty. Number seven, he is the, he, he is the spirit of adoption, Romans chapter 8. Church, I'm not trying to bury us in doctrinal theology today. I, I, I'm trying to, to help us understand that the Holy Spirit is with us. Yeah. 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 I, I want us to understand by, re, by rhema, by revelation, that it becomes genosco, which means actually becomes a part of us. That the Holy Spirit is with us. He's with you today. He's with you tomorrow. He will never leave you. He will stay with us. Thank you, Lord. And he, we, if we'll learn, the Holy Spirit will become our best friend. Church, the Holy Spirit can be your best friend. He can be. He's your. He's the comforter when you're lonely. He's the comforter when you're grieving. He's the counselor when you need help. He is your help in time of need. So when I, and the reason I'm saying this also is I don't want us to just get into a place where the Holy Spirit is just a physical encounter. It's just, oh, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. Awesome. That means he was present. There's, the, there's a great start. That we know he is present. We know he is with us. He is in the room. He's, he's there. He's there. But, but beyond that, we realize that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us because he has anointed us to something. And so we have that encounter so we can be an encounter. We have a, we, God touches us for service. The Holy Spirit comes inside of us for salvation when we get born again. But there's a second baptism, and it's a baptism of, for service. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. Where we can move in those nine gifts yeah, of the Spirit. Yeah, so we can live the, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. And when we're full of, you know, I was driving along yesterday, it was like 88 degrees, and I saw this car that was just parked by the side of the road, and the, you know, the blinkers are on, and there's no one in it. And I thought, oh, someone must have broken down. Well, I go about a mile, and I see a family with four kids. Just walking in the sun, two ladies and four kids. And I'm just like, I saw pulled over. I said, Do you guys need a ride? Is that your car? They said, Oh, there's a lot of us. And I said, That's okay. Well, well, so I put stuff in the trunk and I said, Just squeeze in, you know. It wasn't very legal, but yeah, just squeeze in, squeeze in, everybody in. And we're driving down the road and they didn't speak very good English, so, but the kids did. And when we got to their house, they all kind of climbed out and the lady just said, You're very kind. I said, oh, well, thank you. It's a pleasure. You're welcome. It's so hot. I'm sure, I'm sure someone would do that for me. And I walked away, and I just thought, and forgive me, I wish it wasn't me. I'm like using myself as an illustration, but the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. Just be kind. It wasn't a big deal. Just be kind. If you know those people are really angry right now, like, dude, chill out. What is your... It's like they went from there to there. It's like, oh my gosh. But think, uh, maybe we can, we, can, we can pause and seal up on the nine fruits and the gifts of the Spirit all the time. But love is, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Is that nine? Yeah. Okay. If any, okay, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. If anyone is weary, they can get refreshed. If anyone needs direction, you can get direction with the Holy Spirit. If anyone is lost, you can get found. If anyone is anxious, you can find peace. If anyone is bound, you can get free. If anyone is rejected, you can get accepted. If anyone is sick, you can get healed. I'm just getting going. For the sake of time, I'm going to wrap up. But church, turn with me to John 7. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up in just a moment. John chapter. Now, we're going to read this in a minute, or I'm going to quote it in a minute, but it's, it's the very last day of the feast. 
and I'm sure many of you have studied the different feasts, but Israel was commanded to obey three fe feasts. The Passover, number one. Number two was Pentecost, or weeks. And number three is the Tabernacles. The Passover was uh, presented. So the Passover presented Jesus as Savior. The Pentecost, Jesus as the baptizer. And the Tabernacle as Jesus as King. Mm -hmm. So the first was to remind them that they could celebrate that he's forgiven us. Pentecost is that he has empowered us with the Holy Spirit. And the tab tabernacle is that he rules and reigns amongst us. Okay? I'm going very quickly over this. I appreciate that. And you can study each one of these as, or each one of these feasts. But, but the tabernacles was the feast to remind them that God had brought them out of Egypt. Remember that? And the priests for seven days would go down the steps of the temple, which were made of rock. Everybody say rock. rock. There's so much biblical imagery in here. I just love to pause, but I just, I, I want just to lay a foundation. And I just felt this week just to talk about the Holy Spirit as a person. And to just lay some groundwork and feed you with scriptures that he is our best friend. And, and just to biblically just take you on a journey that the Holy Spirit was right there in the very beginning when God said. He was, the, he was hovering over the surface of the deep. And the priests would go down those steps of the temple to get the water and then walk it back to the top of the steps and then they would pour the water down over the steps which was symbolic of life. It was a reminder of them that God is the provider and the life giver. Water was so important when they were in the desert because they needed water for life. So they're pouring down the water over the steps. Do you remember God spoke to Moses and he says, I want you to speak to the rock. And when he spoke to the rock, water came out. But the second time he was told, commanded to speak to the rock, but he struck the rock in anger. You don't want to do that. There was only one strike, and it was the death of Jesus. When we speak to Jesus, water comes out. Stay with me. This is really important. When we speak to Jesus, we don't get angry. When we speak to Jesus, water comes out. Life comes out. When we talk to the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, I'm going to go to the Father, and I'm going to prepare a place for you, but it's better that I go, because if it's just me, it's just me and you. But there's a lot of you, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you the precious Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you a dove, and he's going to come alongside you, and he will be with you always, forever. Isn't that awesome? Yes. So when we talk to the Holy Spirit... Life comes out. When we keep in step with the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit comes out. Love, joy, peace, peace, kind, good, and self-control. It's one of the nine wick flight feathers of a dove. Too much? Okay. We're staying engaged? Okay, this is good. I'm, I'm getting excited. Whew. So when we speak to Jesus, life comes out. Up. And the seventh time, the priests come back up the steps and they pour down the water and Jesus is stood there. On the very last day, let's turn that really quickly. On the last day, on the last day, John chapter 7 verse 37, on the last and the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up. See, he's waiting. Jesus is waiting. Like, is gonna ha something going to happen? Is something going to happen? And so Jesus is watching this, this ritual. He's watching this, this them, them do what the law says. And as they're doing it, he's waiting to see, are, are the sick going to get healed? Are the blind going to open their eyes? Are, are the lame going to walk? Are the lepers going to be healed? And nothing happens. So Jesus stands up on the very last and greatest day. And he says this, if anybody is thirsty, let him come to me, the rock. Let him talk to me. Come to me. Jesus says, come to me, the rock, and streams of living water will flow from in here, from within you. 
It's not an external thing anymore. I'm getting rid of going to a temple, and I'm going to make you a temple of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to live inside of you. Have you ever thought about this? And streams of living water will come from within inside of you. Wait a second. If anyone is thirsty, I'm thirsty. How do you get a drink? You drink from within. What? It's not an external drink. It's in here. And how do you get it? You just say, Jesus, I'm thirsty for you. And he says, then I'm going to send the dove. Are you ready? And the dove comes. The dove is still looking for a place to remain. Jesus is with the Father, but he sent the dove. He sent the Holy Spirit for us. Do you remember when Jesus says, birds have nests and foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. He was not, church, looking for somewhere to take a nap. In fact, if you read the context, he'd just come from either Peter or James's house, I can't remember which. He could have had a nap there. What he's talking about is headship being authority. He's saying, is that there's, there's nowhere, I can't find anywhere for the Son of Man to rest his authority. Headship. I'm looking for somewhere. And church, that was before the cross. Now the church has power because we have the dove. Because the dove has somewhere to rest. And that answers that question. The question is right here. Bring it on. You can, Jesus, you can rest your authority through the power of your spirit on me. You can rest your headship on me. You can rest your, 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 your authority on me. I'm up for it. I'm ready for it. I'm game. Yes, yes. Okay. Whew. So, there's that. this morning, I'm like, this is good! This is really good! You ever made a meal and you're like, this is so good! And then you just, well, you can't wait for people to come in and eat. like, it's good, right? It's so good, right? But I, I don't want to just reheat pizza. I'm gonna, yeah, we've got some leftovers. It was good yesterday. You can have this. Listen. Galatians, 1 Thessalonians 5. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I'm closing. Don't grieve. Everyone say don't. I, I don't know what the Greek is, but I think it just means don't. <laughs> don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't break the flow of the Holy Spirit. If you've ever seen somebody that carries a dove on their shoulder, in a park, or sometimes people are like, oh, they have doves. I'm trying to say this as carefully as I can, as I wrote down this morning. Every move and every decision that that person makes is made with a dove in, dove in mind. Because if you agitate or move in an action or in a way that agitates the dove, the dove will fly away. Stay with me, church. I cried this morning. I just... I believe the Holy Spirit is not just wanting to be... to find a place where he can display his power. I believe he's looking for a people where he can rest and remain. believe church the Holy Spirit like a dove is looking for a people that are not in mixture but are clean where the dove can remain don't quench the spirit don't grieve the spirit every move every decision that we make needs to be made with a dove in mind. Everywhere I go, everything I say, 
the conversations I have. Church, I want to encourage you. Have the devil in mind. How that conversation went was, did you have the devil in mind? The people I spend time with, the people I don't spend time with, the things I talk about is the devil in mind. my only life's message is the finished work of the cross. It's finished. So when we talk about these kind of things and we're delicately trying to talk through, there's times where you almost feel like I could err on condemnation right now. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm just waiting on the Lord this week and Asking the dove to rest. I then found the heart of God again through His Word. Ministering to me and ministering, and I believe it will minister to you right now because there's no condemnation. And you could be sitting here today thinking, oh my gosh. Boy, have I quenched the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit's not remained here. If you only knew what I'd done, and he does. If you only knew what I've said, he does. If you only knew the decision I made, he does. If you only knew when I did that, I did it on purpose. He knew, and he still does. made a mess he knows if, if he only knew where I'd be he does I don't know if you've ever seen this before but the last thing that Peter said For the cross, that Jesus heard, that Jesus to about Jesus was this. I never knew him. Just go with me for a moment. You imagine you're Peter, one of the disciples, been with him for three and a half years. Jesus says, "One of you is going to betray me." He's like, "It'll never be me. Not me. There's no way he gets that to the issue. That's never going to happen." And before the Crows, Jesus says, you'll, you'll deny me three times. And he says, I've never knew. I swear I never knew. Jesus is going to the cross. He's like, I swear. Didn't know. You were with him. I wasn't. Yes, you were definitely with him. You were one of the disciples. I swear it wasn't me. This is what gets me, church. When Jesus was walking to the cross, he caught Peter's eye. Imagine for a moment how Peter must have felt. Lord, I'm so sorry. I just, I totally messed up. I swore I never knew him three times. Jesus, and now he's carrying his cross. He looked at me through the crowd. He looked at me with those eyes. It says that Peter said to the other disciples, I'm going fishing. And he goes back to the very thing that he left, the very thing that Jesus told him to leave. And he goes back. Jesus dies on the cross and he rises from the dead. I love the little nuances in scripture 
And as you go slowly, you pick them up, and the Holy Spirit, who leads us into all truth, highlights them, and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Jesus comes out of the tomb, and he says, Mary, tell Peter I'm alive. Catch anything, boys? They're like, who's that? Because they didn't even recognize it was Jesus. They come in. Peter sees Jesus. He says, Pete, do you love me? Do you? Do you really love me? Peter, do you really love me? Three times. You denied me three times. instantly deal with condemnation. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. But I want to pray for two, three things. Number one, for condemnation. Just follow me in this prayer. You can pray as quietly as you like. This isn't confession time. <laughs> to me or to anyone else. I've said, the things I did or didn't do, I thank you that you already know. And I ask that you would just forgive me. I ask that you would just wash it away. You take away the shame, you take away the guilt, you take away the memories. I thank you that it was by your stripes that I'm healed, not mine. And there's nothing I can do just to beat myself up. And I'm going to stop beating myself up. I'm going to stop trying to do dead works. I'm going to stop trying to pay penance to get you to turn your face towards me. You already did. I speak to all condemnation in this room and anyone watching online to go right now in Jesus' name. Shame off you in Jesus' name. find their way, who have messed up, 
if the Holy Spirit is resting on you, the fruit will be grace. The only difference between you and me is him. The only difference between us and the people that we feel maybe should be judged for their actions is him. I once looked at a person I was angry. I thought, you godless person. How dare you do this? How dare you do that? And I was mad. This was years ago. And the Holy Spirit said those words to me. The only difference between him and you is me. You'd be where he is had it not been for me. And if you want to represent me, change. And I repented right there and then. So I also want to just give you an opportunity today that if you feel like, man, I've been judgmental of others, it's just not our place. The place only comes when we've taken the whole plank out of our own eye so that we can see clearly to take the tiny little speck out of our brothers. And thirdly, church, if you're here, and today you just want to give your life to Jesus, and you just know this, I, I just need to surrender. I just need to give it up. I just want you to pray with me, this with me, just say, Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross. I thank you for carrying my sin, my shame, my sickness. And I know you know everything I've done, everything I've said, everything I haven't said or haven't done, every time I've messed up, every inclination of my heart, every thought that I've ever had, you know it all. And today I just dump it all at your feet. All I can say is thank you. Please take it all. Wash it away. Make me clean so that the dove can rest and remain in Jesus.